I know it's been about a month since the last episode. Been a bit, you know, been hanging around, been busy, been doing things. Some giant stuff, some jet stuff. You know, I have things to do. I'm sorry. Can't be around all the time. But I'm here now, and it's episode 67 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. A lot to talk about with our uh, beloved New York football giants. Of course, this is not exactly a dead time of the year. It's not a a lively time of the year, considering the Giants haven't played in over two months at this point, and the Super Bowl occurred a month ago, almost. But we're now into the bread and butter of the offseason. We are now in the midst of cap casualty season. What does that mean? Well, it's when you got a couple players on your roster, You don't see a long-term fit, and uh, cutting them would save you some cap space to address other needs within the roster. And so uh, you part ways with these players, and the Giants did just that on Thursday night, or excuse me, on Wednesday night, cutting wide receiver Golden Tate as well as linebacker David Mayo. Now the Tate, these are two, a lot of cap, some cap casualties are surprising, these two were not. Okay, and it needed to be done, especially with Tate. Okay, cutting Tate saved the team $6.1 million in cap space, which is beneficial when you consider the Giants' limited cap number in an offseason when they need to keep Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson. Giants currently have a little over $10 million in cap space, according to SpotTrack. And Tate, that getting rid of Tate needed to be done. Simply speaking, he was a headache off the field. Suspension. Uh, remember the, the four-game suspension to begin his Giants tenure back in 2019 uh, for performance-enhancing drugs. The uh, throw-me-the-damn-ball fiasco when the um, against the Buccaneers this past year. Uh, Tate screamed, throw-me-the-damn-ball to the Giants' sideline, apparently. And then he definitely screamed, throw-me-the-ball into the, end, the uh, ESPN end zone camera on national television, mind you. Uh, and yeah, he was a headache. Now... Odell Beckham was also a headache when he was here. With the kicking net thing, I didn't think that was a huge deal. Um, you know, the Josh Norman situation, obviously they went back and forth on the field, which which happens between receivers and cornerbacks. You know, football's obviously a, um, you know, it's an emotional game. These guys, you know, they, they get riled up. He did not have to spear him in the head, which is why he got, which is why Odell got suspended for a game. He should not have done that. The suspension was well-deserved. But the thing with Odell is that despite when he when he was a headache off the field, at least he can make up for it on the field. Tate really couldn't. So he's gone. Saves the Giants a little over $6.1 million in cap space. It was basically a no-brainer to cut him. He has not really impressed at all, or at least much, since signing a four-year deal prior to the 2019 season. So he's gone. And the uh, the release of David Mayo saves the Giants $2.3 million in cap space. They have no dead cap with him. 
Um, you know, nice linebacker, nice player. He started 13 games in 2019. He'll find a new team, but he didn't. He didn't exactly have a concrete role in Patrick Graham's defense. Uh, and so they thought the Giants thought the best move was to cut him and save the $2.3 million, which is not an absurd amount, but you know, it's, it's an amount nonetheless, especially when you take into account, as I said before, the Giants limited cap space in a year when the cap is down, uh, after a pandemic impacted season where there was a loss in revenue, but the cap casualties may not be done either. Kevin Zeitler may be a cap casualty. He's set to have a $14.5 million cap hit in 2021. Cutting him would save the Giants $12 million. $14.5 million cap hit, $2.5 million dead cap charge. You do the math. Now, there's pros and cons to keeping Zeitler on the team in 2021. The pro. He's the best offensive lineman on the team. Now, that's not really saying a whole lot considering this offensive line wasn't great this past year. They definitely improved over the unit definitely improved over the course of the season. However, uh, you know, regardless, Zeitler was the best offensive lineman the team had. However, he's expensive. Simple. The pros to keeping him, he's the best offensive lineman they have. The con, he's expensive. And that's important right now when you take into account the low cap number, as I've said multiple times. Now, according to a Thursday evening report from Jason Lockenfora, the Giants are looking to move him. They may find a suitor, maybe not. My guess is they there's a better chance that they don't find the suitor. Uh, you know, that $14.5 million cap charge is not exactly attractive, especially when you take into account he has one year left on his deal and he's on the wrong side of 30 years old. However, the Giants may as well try to see if they can find something in return for him, especially when you take into account that they have just six draft picks this year. They could restructure his deal, that's an option. However, that would require them to extend him before doing that because he has one year left on his deal. You can't restructure the deal if you have one year left on it. Restructuring, extending him, and then restructuring the deal could decrease his per year pay. As far as Nate Solder is concerned, cutting him would save the team $6 million. They could also restructure his deal, which has two years left on it. However, do they really want to keep him? I mean, he's getting older. Uh, He hasn't played since 2019. He opted out of the 2020 season due to coronavirus concerns, which is a very respectful move. I never, you know, no one should ever go after anybody or criticize anyone for opting out of the, uh, this past season. And uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if they would find a trade suitor for Solder because of the reasons I just pointed out. Uh, but I can so, so I can see the Giants cutting him or at least restructuring the deal. They may restructure the deal and keep him just because they may need a starting right tackle. He wouldn't play left tackle like he's played for much of his career. You do not want to move Andrew Thomas away from left tackle right now. He improved as the year went on. You do not want to hinder his development by moving him away from the left tackle position, especially considering that's the position the Giants drafted him for. So if the Giants aren't confident in Matthew Parrott starting at right tackle in his second year, and Cam Fleming doesn't come back, uh, the Giants could, you know, return Solder, uh, restructure his deal if he's willing to do that, and return him. And these cap casualties and this, you know, this saving of money means something. means a lot overall. Because there are a couple issues the Giants need to address that are going to be expensive. 
They need to address the fact that Leonard Williams' contract is expiring, and so is Dalvin Tomlinson. They need to keep both of those guys. This Giants defense played with more intensity last year than we've seen in years. And Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson were two integral parts of that overall improvement in and around the defense. Giants need to retain both of those guys. The problem is, both are good players. What does that mean? They're both going to be expensive. Williams more so than Tomlinson. And when you talk about, you know, re-signing or franchise tagging, you have to re-sign both. You can't franchise tag them. You know, the franchise tag, the uh, intangible device that teams can use to keep a player for at least one more year at a set price for their position or 120% of the previous year's salary, whatever is highest. It's that thing teams can use that provides little to no power to the player and much of the power to the organization that employs them. Because a non-exclusive franchise tag means they can still sign with another team, but then that team would have to be willing to give up two first-round picks for them. And that team wouldn't do that unless the player tagged is a star quarterback. And if a star quarterback is tagged, they're probably getting the exclusive franchise tag, which which prevents them from negotiating with other teams. Either way, the franchise tag will be expensive for both Leonard Williams and Dalvin Thompson. According to OverTheCap.com, the tag for a defensive the tag for a defensive tackle such as Dalvin Tomlinson is projected to be 14.2 million dollars. That's more than what his per year value would probably be if he were to sign a long-term deal. He'll probably get around 10 million per year in a new contract. So that's out. Can't franchise tag Tomlinson. As far as Williams, uh, Leonard Williams franchise tag price is concerned, we don't know. At this moment in time, we actually don't know what Leonard Williams' franchise tag price will be. It's not going to be the set price for any position because either way, 120% of his la- of last year's salary is what he's going to get. It's, that's going to be the higher value. So again, Leonard Williams is not going to get a set franchise tag price. He's going to get 120% of last year's salary. The problem is, we don't. That's it's still not figured out what his 2020 salary was. If you could remember last year, the Giants franchise tagged him. He got the defensive tackle tag, which was a 16.1 million dollar price. However, he filed a grievance, arguing that he should get the defensive end tag, which was a higher price. His argument was that they all rushed the passer, defensive ends and defensive tackles. He thought he should get he should get the defensive end tag which was a $17.8 million tag in comparison to the defensive tackle tag, which was $16.1 million. That grievance, as of right now, is not solved. At least it's not reported to be solved. So his tag price for this upcoming season may be 120% of the defensive end tag, which would be $21.4 million, or it could be 120% of last year's defensive tackle tag, which will be $19.4 million. So either way, if they're going to tag Leonard Williams, it's going to cost them nine, it's, it's going to cost the Giants $19.4 million or $21.4 million. At this point, we don't know. And I sit here talking to you on Friday, March 5th. The deadline to franchise tag guys is March 9th, this coming Tuesday. I forget what time, probably 4 p.m. Eastern time or whatever. Who knows? I don't. Um, but either way, it's, you know, Leonard Williams is probably going to get maybe around 20 million per year in, in a long-term deal. 
So, you know, it, you might as well resign him. Get him for a longer period of time. If one franchise tag possibility is going to be more per year than the resign value, and one is going to be right around the same amount, you know, or at least, you know, a million dollars cheaper, just resign him. Have him for a longer period of time. He played the best football of his life this past year. He was a massive part of that pass rush. Led the team with 11 and a half sacks and 30 quarterback hits. He was clutch in wins over the, the uh, Seattle Seahawks as well as the Dallas Cowboys in Week 17. Either way, either move is going to be expensive. And I don't think you can franchise tag either. You got to re-sign Williams. You got to re-sign Tomlinson. Both are young. Both are talented. Both are valuable pieces of this defense. Keep him here. Keep him. Keep him in. Keep them in East Rutherford for the long term. I don't think either of them uh, will get tagged, and that will bring me to my next uh, point of um, my my next talking point, if you will. This is not Giants related. Oh, maybe it is because it's within the division. You know who may get tagged again? Dak Prescott. Why? Because there are 31 teams in this league that realize and understand that Dak Prescott is the long-term answer at the quarterback position for the Dallas Cowboys. You know who that one team that doesn't seem to understand it? Yep, you guessed it. The Cowboys. This has been going on for, you know, over a year at this point. Two years, maybe. About whether he, whether the Cowboys are going to extend him. And what more do they need to see to understand this? Dallas Cowboys need to realize that right now, they're in a division. Look at the quarterbacks in the NFC East. Daniel Jones can't hold on to the ball. And I think he'll improve if they get pieces around him. But if Daniel Jones doesn't significantly improve in 2021 and the Giants are bad again, he may be gone after next year. He may get, you know, the Sam Darnold treatment if the Jets decide to get rid of Sam Darnold this offseason. If these, if he's... If he doesn't efficiently develop next season and the Giants aren't good, the New York fans are going to want to deal with that for another year. I've said before, this is the impatience capital of America. If he's bad and the Giants are bad next year, the New York fans will run him out of town, Daniel Jones. They'll run him out of town. So the Cowboys are in a division with him. Uh, Washington doesn't have a quarterback right now. Alex Smith, gone. Dwayne Haskins, gone. Kyle Allen, not not a legitimate starter in this league. Taylor Heineke, relax. It was one game. Okay, Relax on Taylor Heineke. He had a good game against uh, Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Let's hold your hold your horses on um, you know, what he could turn into as a uh, starting quarterback in this league. And then Jalen Hurts in uh in Philly. Is he the real deal? I don't know. Do you? Does anybody know? They may be in the quarterback market too, with the number six overall pick. New head coach. Who knows? The quarterback situation in Philly is uncertain. The quarterback situation in Washington is uncertain. And by the end of next year, the quarterback situation with the Giants may also be uncertain. You extend Dak, your quarterback situation is not going to be uncertain. You have the opportunity for the next four or five years, the Dallas Cowboys do, to employ the best quarterback in the division by light years. Light years. The fact that they aren't rushing, publicly rushing, 
to get this deal done is crazy. Also, the fact that in a passing league and in a quarterback-driven league, the Cowboys extended their running back two or maybe three years before they extended their quarterback, if they ever do, is also absurd. Dak Prescott is probably going to get that exclusive franchise tag. Why? Because if they non-exclusively franchise tag him and he can sign with another team long-term, I'm sure there are teams in this league that would uh, give up two first-round picks for Dak. What about a team like Denver? They need a quarterback. What, are they going to roll the dice with Drew Locke again? In a division with Patrick Mahomes and now Justin Herbert? They, ex- they non-exclusively franchise tag Dak Prescott, and I'm Denver. I pick up the phone and call Dak's agent right away. You know, if Matthew Stafford at 32 years old is going for two first-rounders, uh, third-rounder, and Jared Goff, who's been to two Pro Bowls, you know, two first-rounders for Dak, that's a steal. And Denver is one of those... Uh, I, I'll segue into this a little bit. De- Denver is one of those teams that's way too patient. I don't, you know, I'm not a Broncos fan, not a Broncos hater. I've never been to Colorado. I've been out West once in my life. Denver annoys me because they are seemingly way too patient. They're going to roll the dice with Drew Locke again, maybe? They got to face Denver right now. On March 5th, 2021, Denver right now has to face Patrick Mahomes twice a year, every single season for the next decade, and they don't have what it takes to defeat him once. That's why they got to go after a quarterback. And if Dak gets non-exclusively tagged, which he's not, so I don't even know why I'm talking about it, you know, they go. They should go after him. But I just can't believe, you know, and I'm not saying this like, you know, I'm not saying it from a Giants fan standpoint. I'm just saying it from a football standpoint, football fan standpoint. It's, you had to extend Dak. The Cowboys have the opportunity to employ the best quarterback in the NFC East for the next four or five years and wouldn't even be close. Who's comparing Dak with Daniel Jones right now? Nobody. Who's comparing Dak with Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen or Jalen Hurts? Nobody. The biggest threat is if, like, you know, the Eagles draft Justin Fields or, you know, Trey Lance at number six, and who knows how good they're going to be. We don't know. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a surefire prospect. I think Zach Wilson's going to be good. I think the Jets could, you know, if the Jets draft him, they'd be they'll be okay. Um, I also think they'd be okay. They they could be okay if they keep Darnold, but that's you know their decision, obviously, not mine. But you know the the fact that there are thirty one teams basically in the league who seem to realize that. Dak Prescott is a long-term answer in Dallas, but the only team that doesn't is Dallas itself. Is It boggles my mind every single day. I don't understand how they have not gotten a deal done. I don't understand why they're considering tagging him again and dragging this out you know, longer. And all of a sudden, next year, they wouldn't be able to tag him again because he's already been—he got tagged last year, tagged possibly this year. They wouldn't be able to tag him again. So then, there's, then they're really screwed because if he leaves, eh, what are you going to do? So, if I'm the Cowboys, get a deal done. Uh, but yeah, so as far as future episodes are concerned, I want to I want to get back on a just to let my listeners know of what's to come, because um, you know I'm such a I'm so loyal to the listeners and all that. I'm gonna start doing you know try to do weekly episodes again, um, like I did during the season 
Obviously, I did them twice a week during the season. I was very consistent with that, and I love doing it. I always love doing it. Uh, but I'm uh, going to try to do um, a weekly episode, at least, you know, around th- this time of year with, you know, free agency boiling up and as well as the draft, draft season is upon us. Um, I will get into some free agency stuff uh, next week because free agency starts. I believe teams can start negotiating with players the 15th, March 15th, and then March 17th is when the new league year commences. That's March March 17th. I believe that's a Wednesday um, at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I know that. So uh, next week I'll get into fr- some free agency stuff. As far as my, uh, obviously I've talked about free agency in the draft and articles if you've seen them on EliteSportsNewYork.com. But uh, if they're, so I get, so some of you may know this at this point. I want the Giants to get a receiver or Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts should be the selection if he's available at number 11. Uh, we, you know, free agency of the draft, I want them to get a receiver. The number one goal should be to build around Daniel Jones and provide him with the necessary tools to develop in year three. Because as I said before, if he doesn't efficiently develop in year three and they're bad, he may be gone after next year. Who knows? You know, Giants tend to be more patient than teams with some guys. You know, you look back at the Tom Coughlin years, the media and the fans wanted Tom Coughlin out years before they, he, they, everyone wanted Tom Coughlin out after the 2006 season. He didn't leave after 2007. He didn't leave until after 2015. It's nine years later when he finally left. You know, obviously there were two Super Bowls within that nine year period, but um, Giants are seemingly patient more so than other teams. But if Daniel Jones doesn't efficiently develop and improve next season, that's an issue. So the Giants' number one goal needs to be building around him and providing him with a true number one receiver. Sterling Shepard isn't it right now, neither Darius Slayton. Shepard and Slayton are both number two receivers, and that's fine, but not so fine when you don't possess a number one receiver. The Giants need to get a number one target. Uh, you know, whether it's, whether it is a receiver like Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, whoever's available, I'm not sure, Jamar Chase out of LSU is going to be available at number 11, or Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is the guy that I want. Um, but we'll see, we'll get into that soon in the coming weeks. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 67 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, as always, I am Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Listen to and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Art Radio, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, Google Play, maybe Stitcher, I think. You know, wherever you get your podcasts, it'll most likely be there. Um, All right. See you later.